Welcome to AUSA's Army Matters Podcast, focusing on what's important to the total Army community. We bring vital Army conversations and interviews on issues relevant to soldiers, military families, and all of you amazing Army supporters. Rotating each week, our show includes Soldier Today, Leading Great Teams, Family Voices, and Thought Leaders. Let's tune into the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Holly Daly, and welcome to today's episode of Army Matters. Today's topic is something always on people's minds, and yet many are hesitant to actually talk about it. Yes, we are talking about personal finances. Whether you're a service member or spouse, a retiree or even an adolescent, understanding your options and making sure you are financially fit is something that's both important yet shouldn't be scary. Today's guest is someone that can help make all of this easier. Justin Hall is the Strategic Communications Manager for the Office of Financial Readiness, which is a part of the Department of Defense. In this role, he develops plans and resources to aid service members and their families. He is here to talk about the programs he oversees, which addresses areas such as what to do if you're just starting out, or if you're looking to pay for college, or purchasing a home, and even planning for retirement. Joining me to serve as my co-host and talk with Justin today are two of my favorite people in the world. The first is Maria McConville, spouse of the Chief of Staff of the Army. Maria, thanks for coming back. And why is this topic so important to you? Sure. Well, hi, Holly. Thanks for hosting Alexander and me again. And as you said, I'm Maria McConville, and I've been uh, fortunate enough to be on these other AUSA podcasts with you. And you've all heard about uh, my story and who I am as an Army veteran and an Army spouse of 34 years and also an Army mom times three. I guess I came up with this idea, Holly, because we just finished tax season, right? And every year, tax season causes me so much angst. Are there things that we could be doing with our taxes that I'm not aware of? Are there things that we as military members should know about? And who do you go to for that information? So I thought it would be great to share this with all of our listeners. And also joining us as our co-host is Alexandra Grinston, spouse of the Sergeant Major of the Army. Alexandra, welcome back. And I'd love to also learn why this topic is also close to your heart. Thank you, Holly, for hosting this podcast. My name is Alexandra Grinston. I've been an Army spouse for 26 years now. Over the years, I've volunteered for a variety of organizations, and a couple of years ago, I uh, finally went back to work. And right now, I'm interested because uh, we're going to have two kids in college this fall, so we've been talking about uh, financing that, and we're also preparing to retire next year. Two kids in college. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) Sounds like some exciting times and lots of transitioning times coming up, right, Alexandra? (laughs) Yes. So to help bring light to many of the questions we have, uh, let's bring on our guest to the show. Welcome, Justin. To get started, would you mind uh, sharing a bit about yourself and how you came about working for the Department of Defense Office of Financial Readiness? Absolutely. Thanks, Holly. A pleasure to be invited on the AUSA Army Matters podcast. But before I get started, I do need to provide a disclaimer that my participation in this podcast does not imply an endorsement of the Association of the United States Army or any of its sponsors by the Department of Defense, and the views expressed are my own and do not necessarily reflect those of the department. 
So back to your question on my background and how I came to the Office of Financial Readiness. Uh, my wife and I uh, are nearing 32 years of being married. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. <laughs> she was uh, active duty for a while, so I was a uh, military spouse myself for just shy of six years. So like uh, most military families, we moved a lot. So we did 13 uh, times in 20 years. So we were ready to, to settle down. On the professional side, I served on the active duty Air Force for 20 years, operated commissaries, uh, worked in marketing, dining facilities, kind of the whole litany of uh, morale, welfare, and recreation. Uh, as a two-time squadron commander, kind of culminated my assignments at headquarters Air Force and the uh, Air Force Secretariat in MWR and personnel policy. And so I'll just go ahead and confess now, I am a proud money nerd. So I've always kind of been a numbers geek. And uh, so in 2020, I left my position at OSD to pursue new interests and challenges. So I started a consulting business uh, for financial coaching in 2021. And as I'm trying to get that business up and running, uh, I saw this position come open. And I just thought, what a perfect combination. I, I understand OSD and the building and... I'm just very interested in personal finance and what better way than serving our service members and their families. So I have to say I'm jealous of you being a money nerd because <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably a nerd, but definitely not a money nerd, but maybe I need to be a money nerd. I don't um, know. Most people aren't. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I'd be a lot farther ahead. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Maria. I think for every stage in our life, we have different financial needs. And I think as Army families, we have access to uh, a couple of financial resources. Justin, could you tell us what services the Office of Financial Readiness provides? I, I sure can. It'd be my pleasure. So our office, uh, we work closely with the services and uh, other federal partners and private entities to provide programs, education, and advocacy to educate and support service members and their families on personal finance. We develop uh, training and curriculum in support of the services, as well as, ex as expanded access to financial counselors. In my area, we manage uh, two websites. Our first is our main website called the Thin Red website. We also have our Mill Spouse Money Mission website. One key objective that we're trying to accomplish is helping to normalize conversations about money and finances, much like we're doing right now. We understand that the realm of personal finance can be daunting, but taking small incremental actions each week or each month can help uh, you toward achieving your goals. We don't sponsor any products or have any affiliations. We are really just trying to educate so that, that our service members and their families can look at the pros and cons and make the right decisions that fit their plans. Oh, it sounds like there's a lot of great resources on the website. I think military spouses often are the financial managers of the family. What are the first steps to take if you are new to handling finances or if you're just starting out? Sure, yeah. There, there's a couple of good ways to get started. And I would recommend starting with the goal setting section, not just financial goals, but also your family's goals. You know, what are your family's short, medium, and long-term goals, whether it's planning to have children, saving for a kid's college or saving for a wedding or retirement plans or, or vacations, whatever it is that, you know, is important for you and your family. I recommend writing down your goals and to have periodic conversations with your spouse to review the goals and your progress toward achieving them. So my tip in this area for getting started is taking advantage of what I believe is uh, an amazing benefit for our military, and that's is DOD's no-cost financial counselors. You are not alone. 
Whether you're really comfortable with your finances or you might be a little intimidated by all this, these financial counselors can assist. So we have over 700 counselors at installations worldwide and online counselor support through Military OneSource. And they all hold national certification. And most importantly, they are on your team. So what I'm hearing you say, Justin, is there's absolutely no excuse for me having all this <laughs> angst every year at tax season. Gone are the days of the cumbersome worksheets that you have to sit down and fill out because everything's online and everything's an app, right? So <laughs> I have no excuse anymore. I was sitting here trying to think if my parents had given me any advice when I left the home. So um, I was fortunate enough that my father did pay for me to go to college. I don't remember him giving me any advice other than, you know, open a bank account and order some checks because that's how we paid for things back then. And then I, with our own three children, I started thinking, what advice did I give to them uh, when they were going out on their own? And I think the one big thing that I said to them was don't ever buy anything you can't afford to pay at the end of the month, right? What advice can you give us parents as we're helping our children navigate the world of finances? This is a topic that's been on my mind a lot lately, uh, as my kids are transitioning out on their own right now. As I'm teaching my kids to understand that time is on their side. You know, when you're younger and you start earlier, then it's that power of compounding and the power of the long-term horizon that uh, is important for them to, to understand. One of the tips that uh, is just is encouraging them to put a portion of their short and mid-term savings money into Series I bonds. So unlike current savings rates of your regular checking accounts, these uh, low-risk government bonds grow with inflation. For example, they are currently returning, as of May, 9.62% uh, as an annual percentage rate for the next six months. So that's um, one way to you know, assist them uh, with their savings, but also to help them understand just the impacts of inflation and, and some of the things that they can think about those are great tips, Justin. Now, you just talked about bonds and credit and debt. What are some of the best ways to manage any debt we might have? And what is the best way to start paying off that debt? Well, first, not all debt is the same. So I'll really focus my response on the higher interest consumer debt, such as balances on credit cards and consumer loans like payday loans, and, and not really focus on home mortgages, for example, because it's a different uh, type of debt. And my number one suggestion is to visit an on-base counselor. A counselor can help evaluate your budget and debts and help you strategize ways to reduce your debt burden. Part of that is getting to know your cash flow and tracking and making sure that you have you know, an understanding of where your money is coming in and going out. You know, as you're looking at managing your debt, and this might sound counterintuitive, but you really want to also build in a safety net. And that's really getting that emergency fund established. So as you're trying to pay off debt, you don't want to be surprised with, you know, another emergency that you're trying to cover and it kind of throws your debt payment plan off. So if you have that emergency fund set aside, then you can really follow through with your debt payment plan. If you don't mind me sharing, I remember one of the things that we learned, my husband and I, that worked really well for us, um, especially when during his time in the Army, is every time he got a cost of living raise or he got a promotion, we took that extra money and pretend we never received it and just put it in our savings account so that we could grow that emergency fund while we were moving forward with everything else. Absolutely. That is a really good strategy. And you can even do just portions of that. So, you know, whether it's the whole amount that was that increase or, you know, you decide that it's 
half or whatever percentage, but it's a good way to uh, be able to get a little bit more flexibility without having to do other adjustments or cuts backs in, in your current uh, plan. One of the things I've done is set up uh, notifications with my credit card companies. And so if uh, there's a charge on my credit card over a certain amount, I get a text as well as an email so that I'll know if somebody's using my credit card that I didn't verify. At this age of my kids, nobody should be using my credit card. But uh, it's funny because my husband always thinks I'm tracking him because I'll say, did you spend this much money at this? And he'll say, how do you know that? <laughs> because I get the alerts from the credit card company. But it's, it's not my way of checking up on him. There's several ways that you can do that. Because if you have a tracking process, maybe a tracking program that you log into, I, I, I do have an electronic program. And so I can just log in every couple of weeks and I can check, you know, the most recent uh, transactions when I still remember them or uh, my spouse remembers them. A lot of us are still actively moving around and PCS season is upon us. And for the spouses that are getting ready to PCS and are maybe thinking about purchasing a house, uh, what tips do you have for them? Uh, Are there any money-saving tips for PCS or then uh, any tips you can share for the purchase of a home? And our Mill Spouse Money Mission uh, website has a whole section on major purchases that walk through some strategies for when you're considering making major purchases. And I think, you know, as you look at major purchases, um, like a house is to n- not kind of be uh, drawn in by fancy marketing or fear of missing out. So we'll hear about FOMO and you hear a lot of like, oh, you got to run out and you got to buy a house now and, and the market and inflation and interest rates and all these things going on. And so I, I think the real thing is one is really to use your own logic and look at your own plan. What is the right timing that meets what you have planned for? And so you want to make sure that the decision fits your goals and your budget. I think also, as you look at your purchases that, that come to my mind, and really for almost any purchase, is that there's often additional costs to keep in consideration. And so when I, I think about when I buy my new cell phone. So I might buy, I don't know, two, $300 phone, but then I'm buying that screen protector that goes in front, and then I'm buying the case that goes on it. And so then that phone you know, just went up in price by you know, $40, $50, whatever you know, those extra amenities cost. I think also, so you look at the larger purchases with cars, uh, so you know, maintenance, gas repairs, insurance, and then when I look at, a, at a, owning a home, I always like to just remind somebody who's thinking about buying a home that it's more than just that mortgage payment. And so, or, or even just the utilities that you might be coming to. But there's also just the costs of maintenance and repair for a home. And just as a personal example, in the last two years, I've needed to replace my furnace and my air conditioner and remove a major tree and re-roof my house. So it's been the busy time at the whole household, but it's just one of those things, just make sure that you're thinking about all the costs that might go into to home ownership. I think the other tip I'd have is just that things can change. And so you just want to make sure that as you're looking for a major purchase that you're thinking about, just some of the things that might change in the next year or two. So if you're thinking about a military move or a new child or deployment, will today's purchase kind of make sense and fit into those plans as well? And again, I PCS to uh, Ohio, and I thought I was going to be there for three years, and we bought a house. And 10 months later, the Air Force decided to merge my job and move it down to Alabama. So, you know, I'm looking like, well, what do I do? I just 
10 months into my home and it just didn't make sense to sell it. So I, I wound up renting in that situation. But it's just one of the things to just, you know, trying to make sure that you've tried to think through some of the different uh, possibilities as well. Please stay tuned. When we return, we'll be discussing more tips on financial fitness and a special guest will join us to ask questions about retirement. Have you purchased your AUSA swag yet? Be proud to show your support for AUSA which in turn shows your support for the U.S. Army and our soldiers. Check out all AUSA swag at shop.ausa.org. Welcome back to Army Matters and our discussion on financial fitness with Justin Hall. I am extremely happy to welcome another guest to our show, Cindy Risch. She is the spouse of Lieutenant General Stuart Risch, the Judge Advocate General for the Army. Thank you, Cindy, for joining us. And the reason I brought you on today is because you have a couple questions about retirement, right? Hi, Holly. Justin, can I ask you your thoughts on how does one prepare for retirement, especially during times in this high inflation? Absolutely. Yeah. And one of my favorite sayings is that personal finance is personal. And so it's never too early to start for retirement and start saving for your future because that really takes advantage of two essential tools for accumulating money for retirement, and that's compound interest and long-term horizon. But I also want to emphasize that if you haven't been saving for retirement, that it's not too late either. So, you know, whenever you do get started is, you know, the best time to get started. So I, I also want to talk about inflation a little bit, because as you kind of mentioned in your question, that it's, I think it's a lot on people's mind. And I'd like to just kind of start with it. Inflation is not per se, quote unquote, bad. The government, for example, actually targets a 2% annual inflation rate to encourage long-term price stability and maximum employment. Inflation generally decreases the buying power of your money over time, which can impact your retirement planning. Many pensions, such as military retirement, civil service retirement, social security, are adjusted annually for inflation, helping to reduce the impact inflation has on their buying power over time. And again, I would recommend that uh, as you're preparing and planning for retirement to talk to an on-base financial counselor, really talk to you through the pros and cons of the options and help you evaluate them depending on your situation and your time horizon. Justin, after 31 years of marriage and our unique Army lifestyles of moving around, and right now I think we're about up to 17 moves, I've worked on and off throughout the years. And I'm wondering what tip that you could give to working spouse-specific issues in preparing for a retirement fund? Absolutely. I I definitely understand the challenges that Frequent Moves have had on my spouse's employment and her retirement savings. So one thing that uh, working spouses can look into is contributing to their IRA accounts, um, either traditional or Roth. Spouses can see if their employer offers a 401k, a 403b or 457 account, These last two are often associated with state municipal government positions, for example, teachers, firefighters, and some nonprofit organizations. So my wife is a teacher, so we've been exposed to these accounts. Many employers offer matching funds uh, in these accounts. These can be uh, an immediate 100% or 50% return, depending on the matching formula of your employer. And I would highly recommend looking into uh, those matching funds and see how that fits into your uh, retirement planning. 
Okay, so all those numbers, 403, <laughs> what, 401, 405, those are all just making my head spin. But I think uh, my unspinning would be just go to the website, maybe contact a financial counselor because uh, there's just a lot of numbers there. But I wanted to ask you, so I have my own business. I have an LLC. I'm an entrepreneur. And I wish I had been smart from the very beginning and done some of these different numbered programs that you're talking about. I wanted to ask you, I know I've been pretty diligent about keeping write-offs, like keeping track of what things I can legitimately write off for my business. And that's been helpful. But what one other tip could you give me to help me improve my finances with an entrepreneurial business that other spouses might be able to take into effect? That's a really good question. And we don't have a lot of information beyond IRAs, um, on our website for entrepreneur um, re- retirement plans and for operating uh, uh, operating businesses. And this is really just something that's high on my list. I do wanna just say that you're completely right. Me, me listing off all these numbers is a soup and has been confusing to me to actually just work through this um, and help my spouse with her different accounts. I think a, a key point so that I just would leave on those accounts is in general, these accounts pretty much, you know, work very similar to a 401k, so which is your most common account. So from an entrepreneur's perspective, and I was really thinking about the retirement accounts for entrepreneurs. And so a couple of, of thoughts that came to mind was that if you're operating a business with multiple employees, so if you if you are, are paying employees, you can consider actually setting up your own kind of a traditional 401k plan or what's called a simplified employee employment pension plan. And the Simplified Employee Pension Plan allows employers to set aside money in retirement accounts for themselves and their employees. But if you operate a business uh, without employees and you're not planning to include employees, you can also consider a single contributor 401k plan. And it's also called a solo 401k plan. But to learn more about these options and if they're right for your business, I'd recommend starting with the IRS website. Wow. I have learned so much already. Thank you, Justin. Um, I am in the process of downloading the app and I will um, call the financial planner on my installation. Thank you. What a great discussion. Oh, and I'm sorry to say that we are nearing the end of our podcast. Um, Justin, Cindy, Alexandria, and Maria, any final thoughts you would like to leave with our listeners? Well, thank you. So I really hope that spouses see the Mill Spouse Money Mission website and social media as theirs. Um, I encourage spouses to share your tips, experiences, encouragement, and support for each other as you go through the different stages of your financial journey, whether it's through the comments on the blog posts or conversations on our social media pages. I also encourage spouses to share with us any suggestions you may have for new content you would like to see. We're continually updating and adding more. Uh, The best place to reach us is through the direct message feature on our Facebook page. Thanks, uh, for a fun conversation and the opportunity to share more about DOD personal financial resources. I believe Warren Buffett once said, do not save what is left after spending, but spend what is left after saving. And I think it's just smart to save um, a little bit of money if possible, since that does add up over time and the money saved could then be your emergency fund or money for your next purchase and maybe even money for retirement. So again, Justin, thank you very much for all the good tips you provided today. I've learned that I have absolutely no excuse to have all the anxiety at tax time with all of the resources that you guys have out there on your websites. 
Thank you to all of you, Justin, Maria, Alexandra, and Cindy, for coming and talking about financial fitness. To our listeners, if you're interested in finding out more about the resources Mill Spouse Money Mission has to offer, you can go to their website at millspousemoneymission.org. It will also be listed in the episode notes. And thanks to you, our listeners. We're grateful to have you here on Army Matters. Remember, no matter where you are or what you're doing on your journey, let us here at AUSA Family Readiness Directorate be your eyes, ears, and voice. We are here for you. To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Army Matters podcast on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. The Army Matters podcast series is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission to educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and our supporters of a strong national defense. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. Have a great Army day. Hua.